Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the wind-up where we usually go into all sorts of different news things, all sorts of different game things. Maybe we disagree or whatever, but you told me before recording to not plan an opening segment because you've got something to talk about. In fact, Scott Telford, I have a belated <laughs> birthday present for you oh! because, as you probably know, it was your birthday it this was time a last bit. week, last Monday. Yeah. However, we pre-recorded the wind-up we on did. Friday and I couldn't give you your birthday present oh, because mate. I hadn't completed it. Don't get excited. Okay. It's not a very good birthday oh, no. present. He's not, but did you play Ori? I played Ori Did you? and the Blind Forest, and I'm almost finished Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Over no the past way. two weeks, I have been telling you that I have not been playing anything, oh. when in fact, <laughs> I have been playing through both Ori games at an admittedly slow pace, because Love Island has been on, and, and it's yeah. still been hot. However, I've done my best, and I got through the first game, and I'm two-thirds of the way through Will of the Wisps, I'm, and I feel like uh-huh. right now, I'm able to talk about both in depth and actually give you a proper take on them. I, oh, I'm almost crying because of how much I love the Ori games and you finally touching them. I don't know if I, I don't know how much I'm going to react to the fact if you don't like them, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, you won't know. I don't need you to like them necessarily because I adore them so much, but what do you, well, how have you made of them? Because basically to to fill people in, and I'm going to change my Twitter bio for this. And this is what I I was thinking. I was like, Scott's had that Twitter bio for too long. (laughs) I need, my birthday present to him will be freeing that space up for something different. For the longest time, I just wanted Josh to play the Ori games and there's two of them so far and they're made by Moon Studios or whatever um, Ori in the Blind Forest Ori in the Will of the Wisps really gorgeous Metroidvania side-on games I think the art style is unbelievable and the score by Gareth Coker is absolutely beautiful I just love those games I think they're immaculate 2D platformers really really solid um, you know Metroidvania elements in terms of unlocking the rest of the world and everything and they have such great themes of conservationism and, and nature and just the beauty in the natural world there's something about those games that absolutely enraptures me um, and especially for Will of the Wisps, just uh, the the stuff that they do in terms of like saving a little village of little, I forget what you call the little populace that you look after, um, but that stuff where it's just it's just really touching, and I definitely have a soft spot for animal stuff, yes, um, just because of animals in real life or whatever, but there's something about that franchise that absolutely touches me, and I love it, and I want to know what you think. Well, let's start with Ori and the Blind Forest, <laughs> because obviously I played them in order, never played these mm. games before, like we mentioned, and Blind Forest surprised me in how well it held up, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was kind of, because I mean, before I went into them, you were kind of telling me to, you know, play Will 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 Lewis is such a step up, but yeah. you need Blind Forest. That's where it's at. So I went into Blind Forest and I loved like the first five minute kind of opening of it, the little montage you get about, you know, like these different animals, mm. characters, you know, in this uh, place. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you start the story in earnest. And it was just such a tight 
platformer. Like yeah. I love the way that it keeps escalating and keeps adding to your power set, mm-hmm. and the and the levels become more difficult and complex. Um, in accordance to that, it I love was, you can make your own checkpoints as well. Yeah, I do love yeah, that in Will yeah, of the yeah. Wisps. They were like, okay, too many people didn't make checkpoints, so like <laughs> let's just give you them. But I love it when in Ori, it's a nice little idea that you can burn your energy for combat by banking a checkpoint. I think that's a totally. cool mechanic. Yeah, I really enjoyed that because I didn't use it at all for the mm. first few hours because I was playing it like a survival horror game, <laughs> just not wanting to use any of my resources. And then I, then I realized I was able to save wherever. Yeah. And that made the puzzles way less frustrating mm. because I like that you could get um, you know, past a really difficult platforming section. Mm-hmm. And then as long as there's no enemies and you're not in like a really dangerous area, you mm. can save and then you know you've banked that. I thought that was a cool addition to alleviate some of the potential frustration because those like areas get complex. Oh dude, it's like it's the end, of, end of the game. Like full on like Super Meat Boy. Like it's like full on like you will nail this section of jumps or you will die over and over again. And obviously there's the bits where they really nail that stuff and where you're like the escape sequences. Like where you the, the first big one, I forget the name of the tree, but there's a specific tree that's flooding and it goes up and up and up and yes. you have to just just nail that entire sequence. And it's gorgeous. The music's great. But like a lot lot of people um, online were like, oh my God, that, that tree is where that game either really works for you or you like give up on it. That literally killed me millions <laughs> of times. It was so difficult. Because yeah. like you say, you know, you need to get that um, pathway through the escape route perfect. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you need to fully understand what's coming next. And if I do have some criticisms mm. with both games, it's that it is sometimes the deaths feel a little bit cheap right. in those escape situations. It is because, memorization. Yeah, heavy, it's yeah. memorization, and you often don't know what's coming until you get killed by it, which I didn't really love. But the like you said, you know, the checkpoints are so close that mm-hmm. it wasn't that frustrating. But yeah, it is really, really tough. You know, there's mm-hmm. a section in... It's it's like, oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like a little forest where you get like the gravity blocks, you know, where you can kind of yeah, like yeah. jump on them and that kind of changes the kind of direction you're jumping and you have to kind of change this 2D space into an almost 3D space into your mind for it to work. Like Fez. And I loved the way that first game just kind of goes. Like there mm. are some cutscenes, you know, here and mm. there. There are some scripted sequences, but I enjoyed that it was just a great selection of, you know, interconnected levels mm. in each level brought something new to the table. And it just kind of essentially let you free to experiment within those uh, rule sets. And what? I enjoyed it, Scott. Good. I think that's the thing. I We need to talk about what are the worst. I feel mm-hmm. like if like as a franchise, like I think that that's the game you can give to anyone. I think Blind Forest is recommendable, but the combat is a little weird because it's all ranged. Yeah, that's Like, it's not... You're sort of just, like, hitting a button and whatever's near you um, will be auto-targeted, which I do... I quite like as a way to maintain momentum. You can kind of, like, dart through areas, like, mashing that button as you go past enemies and everything will just get auto-targeted, like Panzer Dragoon or whatever. I was like, that's cool, but it didn't feel great. It didn't feel like I was connecting. And so when you get to Will of the Wisps, they're like, here's a massive hammer. Here's some spears. Here's, like, you can full-on whack a thing across the map, and it's so kinetic. And we haven't talked about the visuals that much either, but I think Will of the Wisps bring that... Will of the Wisps brings that stuff together so well. 100%. You know, I will echo what you said about the combat in the first game kind of sucking. In fact, when I got about halfway through the game and you get the power where you can essentially uh, like bounce off projectiles Mm. and enemies, you know, you can use them as a kind of like platform to leap from. I was just doing that on every enemy and not even killing them. I was just using them as a kind of secondary platform to get to the objective quicker. But Mm -hmm. yeah, the most immediate thing in Will of the Wisps was the improvements to the combat system because it feels like... 
particularly good to yeah. have those melee attacks, to have those big, strong hammer attacks, like you mentioned. Even the range kind of uh, bow and arrow kind of. I think they give him a sword as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, tiny little Ori. Just yeah. have a massive sword. You've got this like sword of light. It's just like so cool. Uh, and it's like you said, you know, it feels way more impactful. It's kind of a little bit more visceral. Mm. And yeah, just overall, like the step up. I may have some controversial takes about Will of the Wisps, I okay. will say. However, immediately. I should, I should preface by saying that they're two of my favorite games of all time. Will of the yeah. Wisps is in my like top five or something. Of all like, time. Oh, dude, outrageous. I think it's gorgeous. It's cool. outrageous. No, I, I mean, like, like good outrage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think, I, yeah, I think it's an immaculate creation. Like, I think it's just incredible. I love the thematics and everything else. But um, I think if I was reviewing them, I don't think they're perfect games. Like, especially Blind Forest, more for the combat. However, I do think Will of the Wisps is the one that is closer to, like, a five-star game overall. Yeah. But um, carry on. Well, I was just going to say, Will of the Wisps is the one where you boot it up and it feels like a substantial piece of art, if mm. that makes sense. You know, mm. immediately the visual while great in Blind Forest are stepped up to next level oh, with yeah. like 4K HDR. That's why I knew you'd like that stuff. Yeah, like the lightning uh, Will of the Wisps is just unbelievable. I'm just stood there like kind of ogling everything yeah. that's happening. You know, the way that the environments kind of shake with like, you know, the different um, weather effects that are going on, whether you're the in a snowy area. Well. Yep, the depth of detail. I'm playing like a 6K super sampling mode nice. in 60 frames per second, which just looks incredibly <sighs> crisp. And like I said, you know, the... the the contrast between the light and the dark areas. Obviously, you are a character made of light, and the way you <laughs> illuminate the areas is so striking and cool. Mm -hmm. and it feels good. Like, the first game felt good to play, but this one feels even better, like yeah. I said, with the addition of this uh, new combat system. I love as well, just to very quickly yes. throw in, that they address things like, um, you know, there wasn't much impetus to fight the enemies, like you just said, in Blind Forest, by giving you little mini-games and stuff in this. It's like, oh, he has like a, a combat challenge trial, which I think yeah. makes the most of the combat stuff. Like, I love those little pockets of combat because it's an excuse to experiment. And some of them, are, I think some of them are weapon-specific, or they felt weapon-specific because you just unlocked something. And then some of them are like speed trials where you're racing like a ghost version of yourself or whatever. Um, I like that they flesh that stuff out. And then you have the side missions as well. Um, but they don't, really, they don't really think of them as side missions. It's just little bits to mop up. Yeah. I think there's a nice amount of that stuff. That's it. The second one, it has so much more content than the mm. first. Not that the first is like, you know, a short, lean game. There are still secrets in that title, mm. but Will of the Wisps immediately you notice that it has so much more content. Mm. Like you said, you've got these challenges, you have the side missions, and the world itself is much bigger than mm -hmm. it was before. And that is something I both love and also didn't necessarily ah. like. Just uh -huh. going from one to another so quickly like I alluded to when I was talking about Blind Forest, I like how that game just went. And right. You didn't have many kind of roadblocks or cutscenes. You just were going from these great levels to these other great levels, and you were getting to experiment with the mechanics, mm. whereas Will of the Wisps intentionally kind of slows you down to explore the world more and talk to way more NPCs than you did in the first game. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that stuff I enjoyed. However, the side missions I haven't really enjoyed that much. Really? Some of them have been cool mm -hmm. to seek out. However, for the most part, I'm kind of wanting to get away from those roadblocks and maybe revisit them when I've finished the campaign, if that's mm -hmm. even possible. Mm -hmm. um, but for now, uh, that's the only kind of drawback in that I can look at it objectively and say that this is a step up. It's better. It's got more content, and mm -hmm. the com content is great. However, I kind of enjoyed 
the leadness of the first game. The thing is, a little bit more, perhaps. I do know what you mean, but the thing for me is, like, other than um, the village that you're putting back together, where it comes with a sequence of like, you go collect this, go do this. Like, that's that's like the most gamey part of that whole thing. For me, there's a le- there's a the reason I love Ori overall is that there's a sense of flow to the whole thing that I think there's like this like thematic embodiment of what they're going for in terms of this depiction of like beautiful ethereal nature. And so for me, like in uh, Will of the Wisps, I just played it and like I, I found that all those sort of diff- disparate parts kind of stitched together anyway like the only one that I had to step away from the main thread to prioritize was the village stuff right. and that was because I chose to like I, I wish I could think what you called those little creatures I know, I but I remember I've been playing it and I the little know. boys and I yeah. wanted to make sure the little boys were alright and so um, I did that whole village thing like of my own accord but the rest of it I sort of just as you're going back <clears throat> as you're going back and forward across that map anyway I would find that as I was like crisscrossing stuff I was like oh I have this item for this person now or I have this thing or whatever um, and so other than making a point to stop and check in with people um, it wasn't like too much it was, I, if anything it reminded me of Hollow Knight and I was like yes. in Hollow Knight you're checking in with all those okay, have you got anything new for me to say okay Mass Effect 2 what are we doing like sort of um, sort of doing that stuff so I guess I might give you advice in terms of don't go off the main path that much because you'll probably find stuff that you can just bank anyway well this is it I kind of gave up on that element of it because <laughs> I was talking to all of these characters they all wanted something else and yeah. I kind of decided that if I come across it while I'm on my journey that's cool but otherwise to be honest, the rewards in that game mm. don't do much for me in the ways that you can level up your abilities mm. and such, and that's fine. Like, I don't really necessarily need that because the core set and mechanics are so satisfying. Yeah. Those are kind of extras. You're going to level up anyway, funny. like, as yeah. you go. Yeah. Totally. It's funny that you mentioned Hollow Knight because, like, a game <laughs> that we're going to talk about soon mm. uh, where you were playing it and kind of just wishing you were playing something else. I don't wish that I was playing Hollow right. Knight, but they are so similar in a lot of ways where I am reminded of Hollow Knight and how much I enjoyed that game and this to me is a slight step down, right. but not by much. I still think it's really, you know, incredible. And what I love about Will of the Wisps as well is that it does free you up, especially in the middle part. I'm currently at the moment where I'm looking for the Will of the Wisps, okay. you know, so I've got two out of three of those, and I like that it gives you those three areas, it tells you where they are, mm. and then essentially says, look, you can tackle these in whatever order you want. I enjoyed that element of freedom. My thing with the, with, the thing, I never finished Hollow Knight, and I, I've got a lot, I pretty far through it, I just, something about that game just didn't click with me and I, I don't know if it's the how zoomed in it is I don't feel like you can read the terrain as well as I want to and like so in Ori you know, you're more zoomed out and like <laughs> you're smiling because I guess it's going to be the thing that you do like about Hollow Knight whereas um, yeah something about Hollow Knight I just didn't click with whether it's, whether it's the combat the camera angle the, the fact you got to like make the map yourself or whatever which I grew to quite like the second time I tried to get through it but for whatever reason I just don't stick with Hollow Knight and I love the, the aesthetic the music's great um, I love the whole concept and everything but, um, but yeah, in Ori's case, I feel like, it, like I said, it just goes in a way that just lets you latch onto those things. And yes, there are side missions. There are like things you can get distracted by. But I'll just say that I, I guess I just didn't really. I sort of just was like, I'm always like that in mo- more games. I'll prioritize yeah. the main thing. Um, 20 characters wanting me to do stuff. I'll get there, whatever. <laughs> like if I find your thing in a dungeon I'm in anyway, then you can have it. But I don't, I'm not going to go there for you. And so um, that was kind of my ethos with um, with Will of the Wisps. But um, yeah, I think like you said, it's this bigger sort of expansive version of the template they do in Blind Forest. Um, and I love that. I think that like, the thing that like elevates Will of the Wisps is the story stuff and you haven't seen all of it yet. Yes. So I guess there's that. Um, and also like the agency that Ori has in that world um, is why everyone is like, oh my God, you're, you're Ori from the other land and like you've got you know this you're this thing so like i i quite like that as like an excuse to go and do more stuff well without you know getting into spoilers i Mm. guess i do want to talk to you about that because i would say right now i would say blind forest is an eight out of ten right and will of the wisps is a nine out Mm -hmm. of ten however across the board 
the story of either game hasn't necessarily connected to me that much. And no. I was going into Will of the Wisps, you know, having heard that it was this kind of really moving emotional piece and maybe mm-hmm. my expectations were too high. And while the opening was great, you know, when you're flying over to the other mm-hmm. island and you get, um, you know, separated and you're searching for your little owl friend. Yeah. Um, the story itself hasn't really engaged me, funnily enough, in quite different to how we usually are. It's been the mechanics this oh. time around that I've really kind of gelled with, and the story has almost been secondary. Well, it's to worth that. saying that if anyone, I mean, I don't know if, I, if I'd recommended the story to you, then I misspoke. It's definitely sorry. Okay, no, no, it's, it might entirely be me. I'm like, if you talk about story as literal plot beats, there are very few. But if we're talking about thematics and narrative representation, uh, and even things like you know, you are saving a land from a, a toxic force or whatever it is, like that, that hits regardless for me as like animal lover or something so it's like narratively i think it hits like and then yeah they, they do more with like the quote-unquote characters as you go but very little i wouldn't be expecting like a plot twist or anything right um it's just sort of like it's a de- it's a depiction of a supernatural version of a forest that things have happened to you and you're trying to save it like it's i don't think there's much more than that but i do think they nail that stuff yes so like it's um it's definitely in the visuals it's definitely in um, you know, seeing animals in pain, wanting to make sure they're okay, being this sort of warrior or whatever, like guardian of light, this force that's trying to help everybody. Like you, that'll either click with you as a thematic or it won't. And so like, that's the thing that I would I would hang a lot of the emotion on. Like in terms of me being in bits playing Will of the Wisps, it's like, it's more towards the end, certainly. Um, but it is in it is in those thematics of like making sure that a bunch of animals are all right. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, in a sort of universal kind of uh, want, I suppose. Mm. You want to make sure those animals are all right. Yeah. You want to save the forest. You don't want it to be doomed. You know, of course, you get, <laughs> at least I got a little bit, you know, emotional when there's a big sort of death at the end of the first game. And it's kind of like, oh, where do we go from here? And mm-hmm. then when the second game kind of picks up straight from that, it's like, this is cool. You've established a bond between these characters, "Quote unquote characters." I don't know why. Do we quote unquote the characters? They well, it's only because characters. they like because everyone's everyone's a mute. I guess you've got like uh, the just a couple of characters talk to you, but mo- like yeah. Ori doesn't speak or anything. So it's like, yeah, yeah they're definitely characters. I mean, yeah. They have names. It's like I, I looked them up before because I forgot. Uh, it's like yeah, Ori and Ku and Lupo yes. and um, yeah, there are there are characters characters quote unquote in there. <laughs> they have characteristics, totally. so they're yeah. definitely characters. Yeah, and they do kind of bond, and you do see that vi- visually. And I do like how a lot of the story is told, like you said, you know, just through the visuals because those visuals. Are so spectacular yeah. in a lot of ways. That's the stuff that got me massively invested. Like I yeah. really cared about freeing up the the elder gods, like the that giant tortoise or like the um like there's a wolf or whatever, like just and a bear and everything. Like that's the stuff that I really cared about. But it's it's in the animation, it's in the facial expressions, it's in the thematics and the narrative, rather yeah. than plot beats. One hundred percent. And the second game especially feels like it's had so much money poured into it that those animations are, you know, so pristine. Mm. Like the way that the story is told is so tight, it just feels like a real opulent game considering it's kind of initial but like a well-placed budget, I would yeah. Say, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, it's it's been utilized really well, mm. uh, and yeah, I was I was impressed with them both, Scott. I'm excited to finish Will of the Wisps. Uh, it's 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 maybe no Hollow Knight, but <laughs> what is? You know, what, what is? is? They, uh, the thing I was going to say in regards to Hollow Knight, or the, in regards to like Hollow Knight hit you, was that your first Metroidvania, like a 2D Metroidvania? Oh no, it's okay. uh, not really. Like I'd played others before because you know when people play a Souls game and whatever their first Souls game is is their favorite because. Yeah it's the first time you're discovering all those systems. I find that Shadow Complex is my favorite Metroidvania because it was the first time I played through one of those games. Right. And so I think there's there's always going to be a secret source to like <clears throat> one of those games, depending on whatever 
your first one was. And I would recommend Shadow Complex to anyone who's listening to this. Um, it's like a one-off game on the on the 360 that has like an HD version uh, now. And that game just that game has so many twists and turns. It's great, but it is a Metroidvania with Northern North. And um, that whole thing um, stuck with me because it was about exploring the environment, finding the power-ups, finding the abilities, and then realizing you can access more stuff. Yeah. And then just like, it's that whole feel of like, oh my God, this becomes this becomes this, that a really good Metroidvania nails. And like, Hollow Knight is an immaculate one of them. It wasn't for me, but I get that it is for a lot of people. And so I think if you played that first, just mm. by sheer virtue of playing that first, that's going to nail those beats in a way that Ori just can't. I think yes, yes and no, because mm. the stuff that I like about Hollow Knight isn't necessarily in Ori, mm. if that makes sense. You mm. know, there are, you know, like the kind of Metroidvania style um, unlockables to get in Ori, and there are power-ups to pursue in Ori, but mm. I've never felt compelled to do that because the set of mechanics that I get, um, I don't think they add much to the gameplay, whereas right. in Hollow Knight, I was encouraged to explore because I was really wanting those power-ups. Oh, you know, because there's like triple jump and the weapons in Ori. I, that, well, for me, I, I chased the hell out of them because I was like, give me everything. Like, and then, yeah, when you can like, you can dart off enemies yeah. and like, yeah, I thought that, that, that it was the traversal stuff in Ori that I was like looking right. forward to getting more of. Yeah, I mean, I think for me in Ori, you just get enough of those in the main campaign mm. and I don't really engage with the combat and the difficulty in the platforming I can alleviate that with the stuff that I'm already getting, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Whereas in Hollow Knight, because that's kind of more souls infused, you know, you're going up against these bosses where, for me, I needed that extra weapon damage, or, you know, I needed to find this shortcut to get yeah. to it quicker or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I think you're either an Ori person or you're a Hollow Knight person. And for me, the Ooh. aesthetic of Hollow Knight um, appealed to me a little bit more. Mm -hmm. The world, I, I was a little bit more engrossed in. <laughs> and I know you didn't like the kind of way you had to make a mental map and then mm. buy a map to kind of fill that space out. But I liked that a little bit more in terms of uncovering a world. To me, Hollow Knight felt like a world and Ori mm. feels like a set of levels. And I, I don't even think one is better than the other. I just gravitated towards Hollow Knight no, I know a little mean. bit more. That was my thing with Hollow Knight that I love the concept. I like this whole idea of like a bug kingdom, like just in the grass or whatever. And then all the things that you find <clears throat> underneath there. And like the, the Soulsian influence is very strong, like in terms of like cackling random NPCs in the distance <laughs> that you talk to and they give you random items and then they laugh at you again and whatever. Um, but yeah, I think at some point, yeah, it is just, it is just personal preference. Like I will take an, an animal conservationist story. Um, shout out to Gibbon on the Nintendo Switch um, versus like a, an evil bug kingdom thing, but they are close. It's just yes. there's something about Hollow Knight didn't grip me, um, but Ori did. But either way, thank you to you for finally getting out to those games. That's like the luscious present you could have given me. Hey. I love that a lot. Hey, thank you, man. Uh, you have introduced <laughs> me to two incredible games that now I can start recommending and pretending that they were my original <laughs> recommendations. Scott Telford won't even be mentioned when I'm talking to my friends. As long as saying, more people play Ori and know yeah. what Ori is and love his little face, then I'm, I'm game for that. And now if they announce a third game, we can pop to it because <laughs> I will definitely play a third title. Yes, I uh, yeah, anyone who's not checked out the Ori series, uh, they're both on Game Pass and they're both immaculate. Just give them a shot. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, speaking of things that you should give a shot, uh, Multiversus is out, um, which is was the core of the main podcast last week because you were on the Warner Brothers versus Nintendo train. And so... Would you like to know... Sorry. Go a, on. A, a, a strange coincidence. Yes. I have exactly one item of clothing with a Warner Brothers logo on it. Okay. And I'm wearing that right now. That's it's true. This shining jumper. If they put Jack says, Torrance in Multiversus. Yeah, I would play it. It's got a WB logo right there. <laughs> uh, I'm not, you know, bought by them or anything. Corporate chill. But I just chill. thought that was quite funny. Yes, yeah. you're wearing the branded, branded merchandise uh, to work. But yeah, we both download Multiverses. It is free to play. Um, the thing is, I've found a lot, a lot of people have tweeted me, uh, a few people have tweeted me, and James Tao said um, that when you go on the PlayStation Store, and I think you had this too, it suggests the paid version of the game yeah. and not the free to play one, which is very Warner Brothers. Um, and also, speaking of nefarious stuff, before we get to the more positive stuff, I hate that that game starts with you making a Warner Brothers account. Yes. I had to dig one out from an ancient email, and it was I was like, just let me log in, lads. Like, I just want to play a couple of games of your stupid Smash Brothers clone and you're making me say, because it wouldn't do it. It was like, well, this email's already been used for another account. We can't possibly just let you guest account. Like just, oh my God, what are I we doing? I almost uh, took a screenshot of that and sent it to you. Like, yeah. why does this keep happening? Yeah. I could not believe it. What, what, nothing puts me off a game, Scott, than seeing that screen Same. and having to remember a password from Arkham Knight that I probably <laughs> used, you know, in trying to figure that stuff out. Whenever, nah. What have we ever, has anyone ever benefited from a Warner Brothers account? No. What, what are we getting? from this I, I don't I would like to know to be honest because I don't know why I need that account to play but this they, game they make you log in I feel the other game that made me do this and I just turned it off it was I tweeted something I mentioned Twitter a lot someone and I've been put that out and I was like this just directly put me off this game I think it was if I recall your Twitter history <laughs> it was Vampire the Masquerade Bloodline yeah that Blood Hunt. Game. Blood Hunt it was sorry, the, yes. the Battle Royale thing and I was like I'll give it a shot but if you're like, dire- what is directly opposed to giving it a shotness is giving me a profile login account creation thing. Anyway, Multiverses, um, if for whatever reason you don't know, is literally a Smash Brothers clone with Warner Brothers characters. Um, having played, like, I, I don't know, about an hour of it now, um, and done, like, you know, the available... Um 
match types that there are and unlocked a couple of characters and everything. It's fine. I think it's very good. It's the best one we've got so far in terms of a Smash clone. Um, it's way better than the Nickelodeon one. Yeah. Um, and I think, I don't think it's better than Brawlhalla, but I think it's it's solid enough. And I think if you want Warner Brothers characters mashing the hell out of each other in a um, made in a way that has charm and every character has signature animation and callbacks to their respective, you know, TV counterparts and everything, then it nails that stuff. But it did, like you said before, um, it just made me want to play Smash Brothers or it reminded me of the franchise they're copying and how much better Smash Brothers is. Yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned before when we were talking about Ori that, mm. you know, did I enjoy Hollow Knight more because uh, it was my first Metroidvania <laughs> and that, you know, that I don't think that's valid for that because it wasn't necessarily my first Metroidvania. Right. However, this, I might be enjoying multiverses so much because it is my first Smash Brothers <laughs> style experience that I've had myself and right, just right. played at parties when I've had six pints. You know what I mean? We are playing um, Smash Brothers at lunch. I'm I'm gonna, okay. you're gonna have to make this comparison. Right, okay. So I would like to have like the kind of, you know, tools to properly mm. compare both. So I can only go off multiverses right now in a, which is, which is, I think, is an enjoyable game. is is a really solid, solid fighter. And, you know, we mentioned in the podcast last week whether we prefer Nintendo or Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. I come down on the side of Warner Brothers, so I'm getting a lot of enjoyment from that. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed the gameplay more than I expected to. Uh, you know, I've only, again, only played about an hour as well, just mm-hmm. playing two versus two online with random people mm-hmm. and maining Superman. And I've enjoyed the hell out of it, you know, just super punching people <laughs> off the stage, which I know is obviously a staple of Smash Brothers, and you've been able to do that for, like, decades at this point. But it's new for me yes they've uh, they've nigh on brought uh, that's the, that's kind of the thing it's you sort of you look at what they're doing and we mentioned this on the main podcast last week the idea that the the smash genre should have existed for a lot longer there are a lot of smash brothers clones but it, no like the, the soul genre exists the smash genre should clearly exist there's lego brawls coming out later this year there'll be another one by the end of this year um, and it's that whole thing of they have literally Warner Brothers. Like Warner Brothers are a very money hungry company. Like they put microtransactions into uh, Mortal Kombat 11. Like we we know they can do. They can look at the competition and go, okay, we'll have a bit of that. And I feel like that's what this is. They look at Smash Brothers and go, literally just do Smash Brothers with Warner Brothers characters, and that's the core foundation. However, they do have some additional stuff. Like their big play for differentiation is how much you can do in the air. Like you have yeah. um, double jumps, double dashes, um, infinite air moves, and I think two air specials. And so you can. Do a lot in the air, and also any character with it with a lasso. Um, funny enough, Ted Lasso's not in there yet. They better give him a lasso. <laughs> they better. Um, but yeah, uh, Wonder Woman and um, whatever you call that uh, rain dog thing from Steven Universe. Yes. Um, they both have, um, and there's a few other characters too, have the ability to latch onto other characters with big long whips or strands or whatever to bring them back. So if you jump off a cliff and fight some dude in the air and you're about to fall to your peril, I can bring you back in again. So, uh, and there's a lot of other team up moves as well. There's a lot of stuff in the move list that tell you, like, hey, this combos with some, someone else. Um, and you can pick up and like, you can pick up your partner and throw them at someone depending on who you're playing as. So they're seeding a lot of direct like co-op stuff in here and a lot of like team synergy stuff that Smash Brothers just doesn't have um, in terms of like specific animations and like, the aerial stuff. I think that comes from one of the big bugbears of Smash Brothers being that you just occasionally do too many moves and fall off the side and you can't recover. Right. Um, and I feel like they've gone, let's make air recovery a specific mechanic. Um, and it's fine. I just think that because it's like... For me, it's, it really comes down to the animation. Like, I'm not enjoying the combat as much as Smash Brothers. It doesn't hit as much. Like you said about when you do a ring out, it has the exact same um, copied across thing as Smash Brothers, where it's sort of like, you almost like, it almost misses a frame, yeah. and then it catches up and goes pow, and they, get, they fly right across the, the, the screen. And I'm like, that's so satisfying, but it's directly what Smash Brothers is. And that level of weight to that connection is in the rest of Smash Brothers too. 
Uh, this is all true, and it, this is where <laughs> I can bring in a half-baked analogy that I just bring got it. up right now. Um, you remember when Player Unknown's Battlegrounds was yes. um, introducing everyone to H one Z one's PUBG exactly yes. yeah one hundred percent everyone was uh, <laughs> being introduced to Battle Royale, and that was like a premium service. You had to buy into it. Initially, it was only on PC, mm. and then Fortnite came out, right? And Fortnite was on everything, and it was free to play. Mm-hmm. Is Multiverses the Fortnite of the um, kind of like Smash Bros style? genre That's, because yeah. I wonder whether, you know, a lot of people own Nintendo consoles. They sell incredibly well. A lot of people have played Smash Brothers. They sm- sell millions and millions <laughs> of copies. However, does Multiverses get something right by being a free-to-play, more accessible version that, you know, potentially more people might end up playing because mm. you can play it across a bunch of different platforms and the cost of entry is not £60 like it is for Smash Brothers oh, because that's yeah. the only reason why it's my first Smash Brothers type game yep. because it is free to play it and it's so accessible. Like, I probably wouldn't have spent £60 on this just in the same way that I wouldn't spend £60 on Smash Brothers Ultimate. <laughs> no, that's, I, you said it's a half-baked analogy. That is a perfect analogy because I think that was entirely their business plan. Um, and also, we said before recording, I think the timing of this is because Smash Brothers DLC, Ultimate's DLC, finally came to an end. They stopped their rollout of characters. Smash Brothers isn't in the conversation as much. Um, there's the biggest window there will be before the next Smash Brothers. Um, and Masahiro Sakurai has said he's not doing that many anyway. So it feels like this might be the last one. So it feels like now is now is the time you should do it. Um, free to play is the, is the obvious thing. Like get people in. Like like the by virtue of you giving this a chance or giving it a shot, downloading it, that already speaks volumes. And I've seen the player numbers be sky high. Apparently, um, I saw my. Million dude talking about um, it's had the most concurrent players of any fighting game ever, right? Um, and it's just like like the mo- the most people playing at once kind of thing, um, which no other uh, franchise has ever managed to get. So I do think a lot of people are just giving it a shot, um, and I think those core mechanics are great. I think they could do with giving you a little bit more in terms of the free to play side of it. Like when you boot it up, you only have um, Superman. I think Steven Universe is free. Um, I think there's one other character that's free. Sha- no, not Shaggy. You get Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Yes, you get Wonder, Wonder Woman from the tutorial. And um, if you beat the tutorial uh, missions or whatever, and then everyone else, um, you're either being incentivized to buy Gleemium, which is their premium currency. Every single chance it gets is like, do you want to buy some Gleemium? Like, yeah. you know, um, do you want a Wonga? And there's like <clears throat> a lot of that. Um, or you can go do missions and get coins and buy them that way. And thankfully, the coin um, the coin amounts are pretty solid. Um, like I managed to afford Taz; he was one thousand five hundred coins um, after just five fights, um, which is really cool. They're like only a few minutes long as well. Um, but some of that does hinge on the early game missions they're giving you, which is just just be, just do a fight, do a yeah. special, do a whatever. Um, and so yeah, I think the the Fortnite comparison is very very interesting. A lot of people have latched onto this, um, and I do think the core mechanics are fine. It's just like for me. It's just it's too close to Smash. Um, I don't think they differentiate it enough. Um, and the core, like the literal feel of melee, I think is way better in Smash Brothers. Yeah. So I guess that's my. No, side. I, I I totally get that. You know, if you if you have both, you know, you're gonna go with the one that you think is you know better. And mm. if 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 reminds you of Smash, of course you're gonna want to play Smash the same <laughs> way. You know, if if I play Player Unknown's Battlegrounds and it reminds me of Call of Duty Warzone, and I just want to play Call of Duty Warzone, well, thing, I'll go play Call of Duty Warzone. Very true. You know, the thing is though, in the Fortnite comparison. I got the, the I got into Fortnite because it was free to play, so it was a barrier of entry like removed. Um, it was Fortnite 2017. 2017. Good lord. Yep. Um, that was the that was the that was my year of Fortnite. That was when that first launched, and I played it a lot. I also played PUBG, and I didn't click with it. And I've since played more PUBG, and it didn't work for me. I, out of the two, I will take Fortnite. Yeah. I know that's blasphemous for some people, um, but I feel like Fortnite had an easy had a, a feel to it that just felt better to play than PUBG did. 
Um, especially on consoles back then, it was like on fire on Xbox. Um, but I think that's what it's going to come down to is feel of gameplay, or that's um, counterbalanced with the fact that you don't have to pay much money to have a very similar Smash adjacent experience yeah. and just get it on your console. Because yeah, well, I guess what have you had? What have you um, thought about the the meat and potatoes of the actual like feel of it? Yes, I, I think it feels good, but again, mm-hmm. I don't have that comparison point or the immediate comparison point of this might feel a little bit off compared to Smash mm-hmm. Brothers. This super move might not be as satisfying compared to Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. To me, like the sheer act of play. Playing it, like I said, was way more satisfying than I expected. You know, mm. I kept playing matches when I only had a limited amount of time to do so, mm. and I had to leave the house because I <laughs> wanted to, you know, trounce more people as Superman because some of those super moves that you get, especially one of Superman's moves where you kind of like fly into someone, grab them by the scuff of the neck, and then just <laughs> uppercut them into oblivion, feels good to pull off. You know, yes. some things don't feel as satisfying, like Shaggy's uh, move where he grabs a sandwich and he kind of tosses it across the arena, doesn't feel as satisfying as no. it maybe should have or should do mm-hmm. but there's enough to the bones of it where it uh, where it works on a kind of call lizard brain mm. level I just sort of need to look into the monetization aspect of it more because like mm. I said I've only played an hour you know the other uh, stuff as well that they've, they've done as a differentiator is um, status effects so like every uh, person's move like Taz he can inflict tasty on people which is um, he gets that from doing <laughs> he has a move um, where he just covers people in salt and pepper or you can like hold triangle or Y and just eat them and chew them for a bit and that inflicts tasty yeah. and it's like there's a whole wing of the tutorial about elemental effects like Superman can do a frost breath thing um, there's like different fire attacks and everything depending on the character and that side of it I I guess we'll see how that stuff gets balanced because that's the whole side of it where it's like and make sure you equip your perks and you can buy more and make sure you do all this stuff like the random the random loot side of it yeah. um, which is the free to play side of it and that's like there's a whole side of this game that I think is a, it's, it's not ugly but like the UI is pretty awful um, it's really unwieldy and like it's, it's weird because there's a giant play button in the middle but like for a second your eyes go everywhere other than there for a bit and it's like how can I just play this game like I've just fought your account thing off I just want to dive in here and play a couple of (laughs) matches I don't want to fight the UI I don't want you having pop-ups about what premium stuff you've got going on or asking me to pay 40 pounds to buy whatever I just want to have a couple of games Um, and I think that some it kind of gets in its own way with a lot of the um, the elemental attack stuff the percentage damage stuff the perk stuff and the way the UI works, where they redeem this and go over here and make sure you've connected your account to this. And I'm, I wonder how much stuff, how much that stuff will get in the way overall. Well, this is the thing. I have two thoughts on this. Mm. First, I'm approaching this game from like a shockingly casual perspective. Like <laughs> you, you couldn't get more laid back and casual right. than I am approaching this game. So I've not even necessarily thought about the perks or the elemental damage to that level at the moment. I do like that you don't need to. Yeah, for that now. Is that's true. the thing. Yeah. yeah, for now, unless you want to properly get into it, get into it. Mm-hmm. I am treating this game in a way that I couldn't treat Smash Brothers because I, I was playing multiverses mm. and I thought this would be so easy to get all my friends who don't even necessarily play games mm to jump on and we can have like a Friday night, get some bevs online (laughs) and we can just like, you know, play as these daft characters and have these 2v2 matches because Mm -hmm. it's free to play. You know, my friends have PlayStations, they can get it. There would be no way in hell I could ever convince any of those friends that I play games with to get a Switch and also get Smash Brothers (laughs) for 10 minutes on a Friday night. However, I like that this caters to that kind of casual audience where you could, you know, get a group online, get it downloaded. Yeah, you've only got three characters at the moment, but, you know, if you Mm. enjoy it enough, maybe you want to buy into it a little bit more. It has that ease of use. It has that accessibility to make for that kind of party-based fun in a way that I just could never 
ever justify was Super Smash Brothers because mm. the point of entry for me was just way too high oh, for is, someone yeah. who didn't have friends who already owned it. Like I could could have got Smash Brothers as a Christmas present, for, mm. say, for instance, but I never did because I knew the window for playing that game would have been so small that mm. it almost wasn't worth the money. Like unless I brought it in and we were playing playing in the office, it wouldn't have got used. It might mm. have got used once a year for ten minutes at best. Whereas hopefully multiverses, even if it only gets used once a year, twice mm. a year. I haven't paid anything for it. Well, it that's is, the thing. I mean, that's, that's another thing is like, do you like see yourself spending money on it? Because they, ha- they have, like we said at the very beginning or the beginning of this segment, they have three premium versions that they keep throwing in people's faces just saying like, this is the default one, download this. And it's like, you have to go on it and be like, select version, give me the free one. I don't want your 3499 one. And um, which in itself only comes, well, it comes with a handful of hero tokens. Some of them come, I think it's the uh, the deluxe one, comes with an amount of hero tokens that are more than the characters that are in the game. Right. So it's like they're kind of over selling you because you can't even redeem that many. I guess you'll just, well, I might as well spend this much money because then I know that whatever they put out in the future, I can just buy. Um, stuff like that is a bit, it's a bit Warner Brothers. It's a bit yeah. like, we'll just over monetize everything. Um, I don't see myself putting any money into it. I think it's very interesting talking about the upfront premium price of Smash Brothers because that, well, they then did charge you for the DLC afterwards um, for the, the set of characters they did. Um, but that like that entrance fee was so sky high. Like it's right now, it's Nintendo pricing. It's still sixty pounds or whatever. Yeah. Um, on the eShop, and so um, yeah. Like, do you do you ever see yourself putting money into this? Like, I wonder what the legs are on it because That's right it. now it's sky high player number wise, and I wonder whether it lasts. Yeah, I just want to kind of clarify mm. something about Smash Brothers. By the way, I'm only talking <laughs> about its lack of value for me personally. Like no, the fair. amount of content in Smash Brothers Ultimate, especially for that sixty pounds, you know, is worth mm. it if you're playing that game up all the time, it's only not worth it to me because I wouldn't be playing that yeah, game all yeah. the time. When it comes to multiverses and whether or not I'll buy in, it kind of depends on the legs of it. Like, mm. is it going to be something that I just jump into now and again? If so, I probably won't buy into it. However, if I find myself really engrossed in uh, the kind of battle pass system or just playing games, mm. I want those characters and I will play, I will happily pay, you know, £35 or whatever it is to unlock, you know, most of that roster, mm. hopefully all of that roster. I haven't actually checked what you get in that £35 mm. version of it, but I want those characters. I want to be able right. to play as Shaggy. I want to be able to play as Tom <laughs> and Jerry, you know, because I, I, I love the animations and I love what I see as their kind of like unique play styles. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it would be something I want to buy into in that regard. Like I like just having everything available. Yeah, they do have um, an advertisement on the on the top, right? There's a, there's a rotating thing in the UI as well, telling you what um, offers are on or whatever. Um, and one of them is that they do have a selection of characters for free every few weeks. And yeah. so like right now it's Superman um, and Steven Universe and whatever, but it, it incentivizes you to check back in. Maybe the character you want, maybe if you can't afford them yet, they might become free anyway. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting, it's in an interesting spot, I think. Yes. Sorry, I was just yes, going to yes. say, I have, I have one question before we wrap up the multiverses selection. And someone might have asked this on the internet already. Like, it <laughs> seems like a basic take, but why are Tom and Jerry working together? <laughs> they well, don't like each really. other, man. No, no, right, well, okay. but, but even their even their standing waiting for the match animation yeah. is them attempting to shake hands, and like they, but they've both got weapons behind their backs. Yes, like um, I mean that, that's always the thing, though. If you like, you you watch a lot of Tom and Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. They, they they do care about each other. They like, do. They like if if Tom was in peril, Jerry, he wants him to be there. It's true, but at the same time, I do want a one v one Tom versus Jerry. I just feel like that's a missed Ooh. opportunity because you could have him chasing around the map. It's true. Have, you know, I big mallet. 
I love um, the way they've done their animations where all of them are, they're fighting each other all the time. <laughs> but you just happen to be around them. Like, there's a whole thing where um, it's one of their ranged attacks where Tom throws Jerry and then and wherever he lands, um, they then, I think, oh, there's something where they, they bat a ball between the two of them, but it's just hitting both of them. Um, but obviously, if you're in between that, you're getting hit as well. And I think that stuff like that, that's that Looney Tunes energy, which really, really, really works. Yeah. Um, that's what you could have absolutely done a Looney Tunes Smash Brothers game. Like, yeah. I mean, Looney Brothers, call it whatever you want. <laughs> Like, they could have easily done that. I think that there is a version of this where if you just play as Bugs and Taz, um, I'm saying Lo- Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry aren't even Looney Tunes. They're, They're not, but you know, I think but, it still uh, works. Yes, a, a cartoon Smash Brothers, Cartoon Network style game. Um, I, I'm saying this, I think that exists as I is throw it? my arms out to the is side. Is true? I think it exists. There's a, there's a Cartoon Network kart racer thing. I'm doing weird stuff with my arms now, but that's to help me think. Um, I wonder if um, that idea was always floated and it was never done with this much money before and then this is the nearest thing we've got to it. And obviously, you throw in Steven Universe and uh, Adventure Time as well. Um, but yes, I think that it's in a very interesting place and looking at the player numbers, so many people are checking this out. Um, but not that many people on my respective social feeds. I've not seen an overall, an overwhelming amount of people checking it out. But if you look at the raw data, they are. So I'm curious. Like, let us know. Come find us on Twitter. Let us know what you think of Multiverses if you've been playing it. Um, and if you're a Smash fan, um, how it compares to that as well. Um, for now, this has been the wind-up where we just... It feels like years ago since we talked about Ori, but I'm just the happiest man. It's a lovely time. Um, but I've been Scott Tilford. You've been Josh Brown. Always a pleasure, Scott Tilford. Always a pleasure to be heard by all of you. And we'll catch you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.